You're listening to the My SBA Loan Pro Podcast, hosted by Ryan Smith, principal broker and founder of Think SBA, a one-of-a-kind loan brokerage serving small business owners and entrepreneurs in their quest to purchase real estate, acquire a business or franchise, or obtain working capital. In each episode, Ryan reveals valuable insights and best practices regarding the SBA loan program and application process. Let's get started. Hey there, everyone. This is Ryan Smith, principal and founder of Think SBA, and your host of the My SBA Loan Pro podcast. The My SBA Loan Pro podcast is the only podcast that provides valuable insights and best practices to business owners and entrepreneurs and their trusted advisors in a clear, concise manner without all the fluff. Let's jump right into today's topics. Topics include lender appetite, interest rates, everyone's favorite, upcoming SBA rules changes, and a segment that I promised to my audience, SBA behind the curtain. Everything you need to know about SBA lending that you never knew to ask. This segment is vitally important in my opinion Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to give borrowers and their trusted advisors the ammunition to apply and successfully close a loan that meets their goals and objectives and not to pay higher interest rates or unfortunately close a loan without also obtaining the structure that was best for you. So number one, lender appetite. First of all, Lenders are open for business. I know there's a lot of uncertainty around the economy. Uh, As we speak today, First Republic has been taken over by J.P. Morgan Chase. But I can tell you that SBA lenders specifically are undaunted. They are open for business. Overall, the feedback I'm getting from my lenders is that lending volume is down year over year. But that is to be expected as the SBA saw unprecedented loan volume during the period of the pandemic and then obviously trailing off. So what I would say is that we are returning to what I would call normal pre-pandemic levels. Topic number two, interest rates. I'm going to talk about two different type of SBA interest rate structures. The first structure would be a low fixed interest rate. Yes, those are available. And then your garden variety prime plus 275 or prime plus 3% quarterly adjustable. It's important to note that if an individual qualifies for a low fixed interest rate, and you're going to ask me the question, Ryan, what is a low fixed interest rate for an SBA 7A loan? Uh, Number one, let's talk about buying a business and then let's talk about real estate. So a low fixed interest rate to buy a business in today's environment would be around 6.5% all the way up to 8.5%. That would be considered a low fixed interest rate. And that's because prime is at 8%. Now, the garden variety quarterly adjust interest rates are prime plus, and those are typically prime plus 275, prime plus 3, if a borrower goes directly to a lender. Now, if you work with me, you're definitely not going to pay prime plus 3 and will typically land below the prime plus 275. I'll give you a little behind the scenes why that is actually the case. But first, let's go back to those low fixed interest rates. 
Understand that when you're working with a lender that provides low fixed interest rates for a business acquisition, you're likely required to inject a minimum of between 10 to 15% cash equity injection. And that is different from those garden variety prime plus quarterly adjustables. And the reason is because these lenders that do have the low fixed interest rates, they are keeping these loans on their books in their portfolio. And because of that, they have stricter underwriting criteria. So just know and be prepared that if you're working with me and I do take you to a low fixed interest rate lender, they are going to require more equity injection uh, between 10 to 15%. Now, what they'll typically do is allow the seller to contribute 5% toward the loan equity injection so that between the buyer injecting 10% and the seller 5%, they get to their 15%. It's also important to note that these lenders also typically have a maximum threshold for what they call in the SBA lending industry, blue sky, or as we would know it, uncollateralized portion of the loan not to exceed one and a half to two million. So if you're working with me and you do qualify from a credit and liquidity and experience perspective for a low fixed interest rate, just know that you will be required in some combination to inject 15% equity injection. Again, that might be 10 from you, five from the seller. Uh, and that loan should not exceed an uncollateralized portion or blue sky above one and a half to two million. Now let's pivot to the prime plus quarterly adjustable. As you may or may not know, last year, the SBA allowed lenders, when they lend above 350,000, to increase their spread over prime to 3%. Historically, it had been prime plus 275% was the maximum spread over prime. And what I could tell you is, obviously, there are several lenders out there who are charging the prime plus 3%. Let me tell you this, do not pay prime plus 3%. It is unnecessary. And yes, I get it. Those who charge prime plus three are great salespeople. They're great marketers. Here's what they're going to tell you. We're the fastest. We're the simplest. You need to work with us. In essence, we're the best. And that's why you're paying prime plus 3%. Let me tell you, they're not the best. They're not the quickest. They're not the most efficient. They might be quick. They might be efficient. But the ROI and working with them and being charged prime plus three isn't worth it. I have several lenders who will max out at prime plus 275, but when you work with me, typically I'm going to seek and obtain less than prime plus 275 for my borrowers. And over a 10-year period, as you can imagine, that will save you as a borrower hundreds and thousands of dollars. So don't discount the importance of obtaining an interest rate, especially on a quarterly adjustable basis that is prime plus 275 or lower. Now let's talk strategy. If you qualify, should you seek to obtain the low fixed interest rate or should you seek a variable interest rate? I'm working with several individuals now who do qualify for the low fixed interest rate and here's some thoughts and conversations that we've had. 
Number one, most of my borrowers would rather put less equity injection into a deal than more. And what that means is they're automatically taking themselves out of consideration for a low fixed interest rate. But they're okay with that because they're looking at their cash on cash return. I'm working on one loan at this minute where the borrowers are injecting 5% and the seller is helping them with 5%. And so the total equity injection is 10%, but only 5% from the buyer. They're getting a line of credit and permanent working capital. And so the day they sign the loan, they are literally going to have a net positive cash on cash return for acquiring the business. I'm working with another borrower who sees it differently. He would rather put more money in, but lock in a low fixed interest rate so that he knows his borrowing costs for the entirety of the 10 years. Again, it's not that one is right or one is wrong. It really depends on your situation and what your goals are. Are your goals to have fixed borrowing costs? You know you're going to have the same monthly payment every month? Or are you more concerned with the cash on cash return of your investment in acquiring a business? Real estate is a little bit more straightforward because obviously buying real estate means that there is collateral involved. So on a fixed interest rate basis, those interest rates are in the 5.5% range uh, on the low side. And then again, on the high side, they'll be prime plus three quarterly adjustable, which in today's market is 11%. Everyone who qualifies for a low fixed interest rate when purchasing real estate takes it. And those that do not want the best interest rate that they qualify for. And again, there are lenders out there who are charging prime plus three, even for real estate purchases, but there's no need to pay prime plus three most lenders that I'm working with will be prime plus 275 or because I am a wholesale loan broker, they will decrease the interest rate below 2.75%. And again, even prime plus 1% is available for real estate purchases. This next topic is really interesting. And the reason it's interesting is because the two changes that I'm going to highlight have been embedded in the SBA world for as long as I know. Number one, the SBA franchise directory is gone. No more applying for to be in the franchise directory. No more having to look up to see if a franchise is in the franchise directory. How is the SBA going to assess franchises? Well, right now, nobody knows. Um, the final rule will not come out until May 11th. And so at that point in time, the SBA has said they will give more direction on how SBA lenders will view franchise businesses. The next bullet point is that, and this is a big one, that SBA loans to buy a business can now be used to buy a part of the business, not all of the business. For example, it used to be that an individual or individuals buying a business were required at the end of the loan transaction and sale transaction to own all of the business, 100% of the business. That means the incumbent sellers had to exit the business and after the close of the loan, own 0% of the business. That's no longer the case. 
This is huge because this means that, for example, a key employee can buy into the business without having to buy all of the business. This means that a partner can acquire more of the business without having to acquire all of the business. This is a huge change and major difference maker for SBA lending going into the future. We don't know exactly how it's all going to shake out. Number one, the rule, again, it is implemented May 11th. The SBA has only said that more information is coming. And even when it does come, I know SBA lenders, they're going to be on shaky footing when it comes to how to implement this rule. That's why I see my role as an SBA loan broker even more critical to the borrowers because, as you may or may not know, each lender will apply the rule differently. So that if a borrower would go out on their own and speak with lenders directly, they don't know exactly how those lenders are going to react to these rule changes. But that's my job. That's what I do every single day. So when my borrowers come to me and they trust me to source a loan for them that is the lowest interest rate, best terms for which they qualify, I will obviously take them to the right lender who is interpreting the rule the way in which it aligns with my client's goals. Now let's go to the last segment, SBA Behind the Curtain. Everything you need to know about SBA lending that you never knew to ask. The first thing I'm going to talk about is why the overwhelming majority, and and yes, I will say the overwhelming majority 99% of borrowers do themselves a disservice by going directly to a lender on their own, even if they go to multiple lenders. And I'm going to explain to you why. The first reason is they will undoubtedly pay a higher interest rate. That means their loan will cost them more over time. Number two, they will not negotiate the structure that's best for them. Number number one, because they don't necessarily know how to negotiate the best structure for themselves. They've never been inside of a bank. They don't even know what they can negotiate. And they don't have the leverage to negotiate because they don't know the rules of engagement when negotiating with a lender. Let me give you an example. I'm working with two individuals who are buying a franchise. They have a large construction budget associated with the loan. They came to me after they were already introduced to a lender by the franchisor. And the reason they were referred to me is because I work with an attorney who understands my value. We began working together. The first thing I did was save them on the interest rate. Literally just speaking with me, save them on their interest rate. They went from prime plus 275 below prime plus two and a half. That saves them hundreds of thousands of dollars without a doubt. Secondly, I negotiated a structure for one of the borrowers that enhances his other business pursuits and partnerships. It frees him up to pursue 
his entrepreneurial spirit. And then lastly, fees. Fees are associated with a construction loan. The lender charges a fee, and then third-party fund control also charges a fee. And those fees are for managing the project, sending out inspectors, and balancing the construction budget. So in recap on this one, I saved them on interest rate, I was able to negotiate a desirable structure, and I saved them thousands of dollars up front off the fees that they would have paid the other lender. Literally saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars. And something to keep in mind on all of the loans that I'm going to talk about here, I have three more, I'm paid by the lender. That means 100% value, 0% cost. I'm going to say that again. My borrowers, they receive 100% value for the value of working with an SBA loan expert that costs them nothing. Now let's go on to the next business. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was walking onto the first tee to play a round of golf. I saw this phone call come in. I picked it up. I had a phone conversation with an individual who chronicled for me that he was turned down by a prominent nationally recognized SBA 7 lender to purchase real estate after working with that lender for over two months. And to make matters worse, that lender ordered an appraisal and an environmental. That's right. Let me recap that for you. This individual was turned down for a loan after working with a lender for over two months and they made him spend money. My borrowers don't do that. They don't spend money on third-party reports, appraisals or environmentals, phase one environmentals, unless we know that we know we're closing the loan. And my lenders know that. So what happened? Well, I'm happy to say to you that I received a text with a big heart emoji and thank you on Friday, that's right, this last Friday, because they signed loan documents. And how did I do that? Well, it was really actually simple. I listened to the borrower. I determined that I was able to help them. And again, this is the secret sauce, guys. I took them to the right lender. And to make it even a better testimonial, that lender was able to use the appraisal and phase one environmental that the other lender ordered. No more money out of pocket. And again, to reemphasize, the bank pays me. The borrowers paid me nothing. 100% value, no cost to the borrower. The next one, an individual gave me a call. He's buying real estate. There's a business component to it. Unfortunately for him, he had a fraudulent item on his credit report. It was dragging his score down. But everything else on his report was immaculate. And when I tell you that there was a fraudulent item on his credit report, this is what I'm talking about. An item on his credit report that was dragging down his score over $15. That's right, over $15. So what did I do? You see, I'm not just a loan broker. I'm not just some guy sitting behind a desk calling lenders all day. I told the borrower, the first thing we need to do is we need to contact this business on your credit report that has fraudulently reported that you owe them $15. So we did that. 
We contacted them together. They said over the phone, they being the company, we have no record of you in our system. We don't know why we're reporting this. I was able to report that to the lender. The lender accepted my report because they trust me, because I tell them the truth. I always tell the truth to my lenders. What happened with that one? We got an approval. We'll be closing this in two to three weeks. The next one. They also called me from the internet because they were told by SBA 7A lenders, you cannot qualify for a loan. You don't have enough experience. And I listened to them. And in this particular case, the primary borrower is literally the manager of the business, a key employee. Yes, they're young. Yes, they don't have a lot of liquidity. Yes, they don't have collateral. They don't own a home. But I told them on the first phone call, I said, look, none of that matters. You have good credit. You have outside source of income. You are a key employee. That's what matters. And so, again, we close that one on Friday. These are all examples of where borrowers would have done themselves an extreme disservice by going directly to a lender. Now let's talk about if you're working with a listing broker and they tell you to go to this lender, know that that broker is getting paid. That's why they're telling you to go there. They're getting paid. But here's why I have a problem with that because I don't have a problem with people getting paid, but they're not adding value to the transaction. They don't know SBA financing. They don't know how to walk you through A to Z with that lender. In fact, they're out. They're focusing on other sale transactions. But they're going to get paid, but they add no value to you. These are real life examples I'm going to give you. I was working with an individual well over a year. He called me and he said, Ryan, the listing broker is forcing me to use his lender. And I was speechless because we'd been working together for over a year. I literally structured the loan for him so that he could obtain financing. So he had my intel. It was presented to another lender that I wasn't working with. And the listing broker was going to get paid because he forced that individual to work with that lender. And then the borrower, again, he's all, the borrower's always, he or she, they're always going to do what's in their best interest. He said, Ryan, I have to go with them. I said, will you let me compete? He said, yeah, I'll let you compete. The borrower said that. So I went out and of course, I was able to obtain a better loan structure, lower interest rate, better structure for the borrower. And then the listing broker comes up with, well, we have to close by the end of the year. Otherwise, the sellers aren't going to sell the business to the borrower. Now, the lender I was working with was honest and he said, it's likely we can close, but I can't guarantee it. The other lender obviously lied and said they could guarantee it. You weren't born yesterday. If I ask you, do you think that other lender closed the loan before the end of the year? Uh, the answer was no. They did not close the loan before the end of the year. In fact, they closed it two to three weeks after and they caused my borrower consternation because they were siloed and they didn't tell him about certain tasks he needed to perform, like talking with the landlord, until it was at the end of the process. Don't fall into that trap. Number one, again, you're going to pay higher interest rate. Number two, you're not going to get the structure that you deserve. And even more importantly, I believe through the process, you're not going to have a trusted advisor who can walk you through everything and who can tell you before it even happens what you're getting yourself into. 
or before you come to them, what mile markers you need to be prepared for. I give that to my borrowers before we even apply. I give them a checklist and, it, and that checklist includes this, 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 and this. You have to be prepared for these items so that when those items come up, they're either already completed or they're prepared to complete them. I'd like to thank you for joining me for this SBA loan update Q2 2023. And if you haven't done so yet, I'm going to give a plug now to my podcast, what you're listening to. Subscribe, turn on notifications. And I'm also excited to announce that I have a YouTube channel fully curated with almost 50 videos. That's right, almost 50 videos on topics that are relevant to SBA lending. Borrowers and their trusted advisors will love these videos. This is information that you need so that you can get in and you can get out and be well-informed and make better decisions. So if you haven't done so yet and you listen and appreciate this podcast, go over to my YouTube channel at thinksba.tv, subscribe, turn on notifications. I've just released two videos, both approximately five to six minutes in length. The first video is about how to approach the landlord, when to approach the landlord, and negotiation tips to negotiate with the landlord in a business acquisition transaction. And then the last one that I just uploaded is emphasizing the five fundamentals of SBA loan approval, what I call the science of SBA loan approval. I go into depth about each of these fundamentals and what happens if those fundamentals aren't present or how to mitigate if those fundamentals aren't present. So if you haven't done that, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, thinksba.tv. Thank you for your time. You're the best. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the My SBA Loan Pro Podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review. But most importantly, we hope you'll use this information to start your SBA loan journey today by texting or calling us at 858-762-2774 or completing our online application at mysba.pro slash app. That's mysba.pro forward slash app. We look forward to working with you.